Good morning, church. It's good to be with you all today. And I think just what we were just singing there, um, that through it all, his eyes are on us. And it is well in our soul. I just think those words are so, so important today. And as we're talking about naturally supernatural, and we just think of just giving our soul to the Lord and trusting in him. And we think about supernatural, uh, naturally supernatural, the waves and wind know his name. And we just think in the Bible of when, when the Lord calms the waves, calms the storm with the disciples in it. And that's such a naturally supernatural moment where we see them trusting, trusting in the Lord that he was going to look after them and take care of them and they weren't going to drown. What an amazing term, naturally supernatural. If, if you're called that when you die, James was a naturally supernatural guy. Like, it's such an amazing term. And to be called that, to be called naturally supernatural, um, just to show that you're living in a way of where you're just trusting in the Lord, where you're expecting the Lord. You're not just thinking that he will do it, but you know he will do it before it's even happened. And we look to the apostles, and, and the passage I'm going to speak on today is Acts 16, 16 to 40, and it's Paul and Silas in prison. But the apostles, they were normal people. They weren't kings. They weren't anything special. They were fishermen. They were tax collectors. They were just ordinary people. They were probably in their late teens, 18, 18 when Jesus was around. They were young guys. They, weren't, they hadn't lived their lives but they were young. They were just starting to get to know. And they, that's why they were soaking in every single thing that Jesus was telling them. Because it was so important for them to hear this. But we can all be naturally supernatural. It doesn't take someone specifically special. God doesn't call the equipped, but he equips the called. We see here that in today's passage, that again, that Paul and Silas, they're just in the spirit. They're in the spirit. They're not. They're walking with God side by side. And we can do that again. There's nothing special that you need to be. We just need to trust in God and know God and have that relationship with him and know him personally. Yeah, so in today's passage, I'm going to be talking about Paul and Silas. And first of all, before I get into it, if Paul and Silas were British, this, this passage wouldn't have happened. No way this passage would have happened. Um, we're too polite. So we see in the passage, this is just a funny thing that I found um, about British people. So... Yeah, if, if Paul and Silas were British, it wouldn't have happened because we see two times where Paul speaks out about something. And in our, in our case, we would have just been too polite. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have said anything. Um, the other day I went for, for a meal with my family on Friday um, and there was these, these young people. They were probably just, just turned 18 and uh, we were just, just, in, just in a pub and they were so loud. They were so loud. They, my grandma, who's 94, she was just like, I wish those people would be quiet. But no one would go up to them and say anything because we're British. And you could see on the other tables, people were just looking at them and trying to give them the dirtiest looks to see if they would notice. And if they noticed, then maybe they'd be quiet. And it just wasn't working. And in the end, they got stopped serving drinks, so they had to leave. Uh, but none of us would say anything. We were all looking at them, trying to get them to be quiet but with our eyes. But no one would go and say anything because we're British. And in today's passage... Um, we see two changing points throughout it, and I'm going to focus on them today. The first one is verses 16 to 18. So I'm just going to read it. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. 
Now we see in both passages today, there's consequences for the actions and some are good and some are bad. So in the first one, we see, and I'm not going to read the passage because it's a long one, but we see that the consequences of him speaking out are that he, they are stripped, Paul and Silas are stripped, that they're beaten with rods, they're severely flogged, and then they're thrown in prison. Now you'd think that was probably a slight overreaction for them speaking out, but these men earned their money from this woman fortune telling, so the fact that she'd lost this ability or the spirit or demon, whatever was inside of her, was such a big deal. And it's like us losing a main part of our job, like a footballer losing their legs. It's just, it's, that's a big part of them. So for them to lose this, this power, this woman who brought them probably a lot, a lot of money from fortune telling. So, and they, so they brought them into the yard, into the marketplace, threw them down and basically stripped them, beaten, flogged them and threw them in prison. But it's, it's funny how Paul and Silas before this, they're so casual. Like we see in the Gospels when there's healings uh, with Jesus, there's always a crowd. But we see here that they're just walking to a place to, we think, a temple or, or somewhere to worship uh, worship God. But it, there was no crowds there. There was, there was no one around. There was just this man and, and this woman who was a fortune teller, along with Paul and Silas and probably a few, maybe a few other people. And he was just like, I'm really annoyed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of this. <laughs> and again, if Paul was British, it wouldn't have happened. He'd have just been like, oh my... Silas, this is really annoying me. Are we going to do something about it? No, no, no. We're not going to say anything. So, but obviously in this, in this instance, Paul and Silas are in the spirit. They know that Lord, they expect the Lord is going to do something about it. And the Lord does something about it. We see that again, like I said, there's no big crowds. It's just completely just Paul and Silas and these people just walking along the road. And he does it. He doesn't do it for sure. He doesn't do it for anything. He just does it because he knows the Lord uh, will do it. And again, just in our lives, it's exactly the same. If we know the Lord is going to do it, he will do it. Obviously, within reason. He's not going to, if I say I want a Lamborghini, he's not going to give me a Lamborghini. But if it's something that's in line with his plans for our lives or in line with the Spirit, then once again, he will provide. So in the second verse, if we, I'm just going to speak about um, 16, 25 to, 30, uh, 25 to 28. Sorry, And it's about midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do? to be saved. Again, if we go back to the British comparison, um, I think before the, the jailer was about to kill himself, they'd probably be like, hey, can we go? Probably put their hands up. Or maybe they just wouldn't have said anything and wait until morning for someone to get them out. So again, if this was British, it wouldn't have happened. But because he wasn't British, he came out and he spoke out and he said, hey, we're still here. Don't kill yourself. And again, we see that there's consequences once again uh, from this, but they're good consequences in this case. The jailer doesn't kill himself. The jailer was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners, Paul and Silas were probably high-rate prisoners at the minute. They weren't obviously in maximum security or anything, but they were probably very much under guard at the time. And the fact that these might have escaped, it was bad news. The jailer was probably going to be killed anyway, so he thought I may as well kill myself or save possibly my family being hurt or especially myself maybe being tortured or whatever. Uh, the jailer becomes saved, so in a spiritual way as well as a physical way. And we don't know what might have happened. Other prisoners may have been saved. If we look, it says that the prisoners were listening to them singing the hymns. They were listening to them singing, uh, doing, 
speaking the Psalms. There was other prisoners listening at the time. So we see that we, who knows what was happening in their lives. The, I'm sure the Lord was working in them, hearing that message. The seeds were being planted. And we see that other prisoners may have been saved, if we look. Uh, verse 25. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. So we see that other people were listening who probably weren't Christians at the time. And then we look a little bit further on. The jailer was baptized. So the jailer had gone from being in prison, in prison in Paul and Silas, to then being, what can I do to be saved, to then being baptized. So we see that that changed. But then the families are baptized as well. So we see that going from none of them knowing Christ to the jailer knowing Christ and the family knowing Christ. And how amazing must that have been for that jailer to, to see that he knows the truth now and now his family know the truth as well. And again, from that, there's always a ripple effect. Who knows how many of the family members who weren't there at the time came to know Jesus? How many of the friends who they'd told about all this came to know Jesus? How many of the guards maybe came to know Jesus? We don't know what happened from that, but I'm sure there was a big ripple effect from the jailer being saved, from the jailer not killing himself. And we see that in this passage, that if they hadn't spoke out, the jailer would have killed himself. They'd have been let out the next day still, because that's what happens later on in, in the passage. But we don't know what would have happened. So many people could have come to know Jesus through this passage and through them speaking out. And we obviously we see that, that he is in the spirit at this time as well. Because um, I can imagine if I'm in prison, I don't know whether I'll be singing or I'll probably be crying because I don't think I would survive in prison. I don't look like I would do I? So I don't think I would be very happy if I was in prison. So yes, yeah, so even in prison, they lived a naturally supernatural life. They weren't just sat there like, oh, we're in prison. Should we just... Let's just leave it here and see what we can do. But they were singing, and that was impacting the other prisoners. Um, and the other prisoners were listening. And we see that, again, they were being naturally supernatural. They were expecting God to move. Maybe they didn't expect an earthquake to happen, but they were expecting God to do something, whether that was just give them comfort in prison or whether that was actually get them out like he did. They believed the power of Christ. They believed that the power of Christ was on them, that it wasn't just something for Jesus. It wasn't just something for when Jesus was alive, but it was for, for all of us and for all of them at that time. That even that they could set the people in prison free, spiritually as well as physically. And obviously we see in both parts there are consequences for living a naturally supernatural life. We see that there's good parts, which are amazing, people being saved. Uh, we see in them just trusting in God and living for God. And obviously the bad parts of them being flogged and imprisoned and, and dragged around in the, in the marketplace. So obviously it's not going to be an easy life living naturally supernatural, but it's going to be amazing because how incredible is it that they were thrown in prison? They'd just been beaten, they'd just been flogged, they'd just been thrown in prison, but they were in there singing. That just gives me goosebumps that they were in singing moments after being thrown into prison. Because I could be like, ah, it's hurt, that threw me in, that was quite hard. So instead they were like... Let's sing a song to Lord. They weren't singing that song, but they were singing songs like we've just been sing, singing there. And obviously we're in a place where obviously some of us are struggling right now. Some of us are doing amazing, but we're, we're in a church. We're able to worship God. These are in a prison and they're still just worshiping God exactly the same as we've just been doing. And obviously I am no professional living su- naturally supernatural. And I would admit that until something happens, you're like, why don't I live like that all the time? And I remember when Snowmageddon came a few months ago, and uh, I can't, what was the storm called again? Storm Emma, was it? Was it? Beast from the East, that was it, yeah. So uh, when that came, and I remember I was going to university, and it was, I don't know where I got that from. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, so, and I was going to university, and I, a few of my friends had said that they won't go in, go in from the like, Stockton, Middlesbrough area. And I was like, do you know what? I'm going to go in, 
And I was half like, I'm not going to go in. So I remember I was, got halfway to the bus stop and I was like, and they were like, oh, we're not going in. And I was like, should I just turn around anyway? So I carried on walking to the bus stop and, and it was coming down and I was like, I'll wait 10 minutes and if it doesn't come, then I was like, I'll go home and I'll be like, oh, well, at least I tried. Um, anyway, and then I met this guy at the bus stop and didn't know who he was. And, um, and we were just kind of just chatting about normal things. And, uh, and then like the bus, like the actual time for the bus to come, the bus didn't come. And he was like, are you going to go then? And I was like, I was like, I'll give it five minutes. It might be running a little bit late. Five minutes came. And he was like, are you going to go then? And I was like, I was like, he was like, I know you're not going to go now. And I was like, I was like, I'll just wait for you to get your bus. So I was waiting with him for it to get his bus. And he probably thought I was crazy. Anyway, and, and we just started talking. And, um, and uh, we was asking me what I study in. And I was saying theology. And it's funny how that conversation, because everyone's like, what's that? And I'm like, the study of the Bible. And I say, I want to train, train in to be a pastor. And that gets so many conversations started. Because uh, this guy, he, he was actually someone who believed in the flat earth theory. And he was trying to figure out evidence for it or whatever. Anyway, so someone had sent him to, to a church to get a Bible. So he started, because he'd been told Revelation had some stuff in it about the flat, flat earth, which, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, so I said to him, I, was, I said to him, uh, I was like, oh, so, so you're going to read Revelation then? And he said, yeah. And I was like, all right. And he said, then he said to me, what's it about? He was like, obviously, I know there's the part about the flat earth in there. And I was like, there isn't, but let's not go into that. And I said, actually, it's about Jesus. And it's about Jesus returning to take all the people who know him and for us to enter in a relationship with him forever. And I kind of was able to share the gospel with him. And I just, I don't know why, because people who know me, obviously, I do love studying. But sometimes you're just like, it's an hour drive to, our bus to Durham. So sometimes you're like, if there's an opportunity to go home, then you go, <laughs> then you go home. But at this point, I didn't, even though I told, people told me that they weren't going in. But obviously it was God that, looking back now, it was God that prompted me to stay, to not go ahead, to, to not, even when my bus didn't come at that time, to not wait, to actually wait for this guy. And I was able to share the gospel with him. And again, again after that point, you're just like, why don't I do this all the time? Because <laughs> should, we should do. But it, it'd be so amazing to just live like that all the time, to live naturally supernatural. And it is so possible. It's not impossible to do. It's so easy to do it. And again, we, could, we should speak out no matter what, because... Again, we see in this instance that it was a matter of life and death between this guy physically, but also spiritually for him and his family. Um, but not just being in the spirit in church, it's so easy to sing songs and worship God, listen to someone speak and just kind of be there and be like, oh yeah, I'll, can you pray for me? Or I'll pray for you, take communion, doing the things that, that, that they did in the Bible, but just doing it inside of a building. But we should do it outside of a building as well. We should be speaking to anyone and everyone about Jesus, because it's so important, so important to tell people about who Jesus is. And obviously God is going to use us. We see here that God used them in two different places, in a prison, which is very unlikely in, in those days. And you hear amazing stuff happens in the prisons now, and God's working definitely in the prisons now. But then also, just on a road, just on a, on a random road, on the way, um, they were going to a place of prayer. So just they were just on the way somewhere, they weren't going anywhere. And I, I know that when we're going somewhere on the bus, I like to put my headphones in and just blot out the world. And all like if I'm walking, again, you just like to do your own thing, don't you? You don't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> again, maybe that's a, again a British thing. But God uses us in our locations. So in each place that we're located, whether it's our workplace, our, fam- our homes, our schools, wherever we're lo- located, God is going to use us. God is going to use us. And we just need to be open to that. that if we're closed off, if we're not not thinking God can work in these people. Like, you could work in the worst like, a prison. You would say is the worst. There's people who have committed so many awful crimes. But if we believe that God is going to work in there, then he can work anywhere. And we see here that he works in a prison, so he can work anywhere. 
He's also going to work in our circumstances. So he's going to work in whatever we're doing. So in our workplace, he's going to use our talents. He's going to use our gifts and our circumstances for his glory. So if we're a footballer, he's going to use that in some way for our glory. So myself and Josh and a few other people play for a football team. And there's a few Christians there and there's a few non-Christians there. And through that, obviously it's not amazing place but um it is it's amazing football team i'm not saying that um but the other day i was able to share my testimony with one of the guys on the team just as we were driving to an away match and it's just like god's going to use us in our circumstances there was another guy who was supposed to be there who slept in and he didn't turn up and obviously he's turned up for other reasons but the fact that he wasn't there we were able to have the kind of a deeper conversation i was able to get to know him on a deeper level and from this i was able to share my testimony and and, and talk to him about god and jesus and he's an amazing he's an amazing guy um, that I just never really got to talk to on a personal level before. But through this op- opportunity, I was able to. And again, that's just being open to the spirit and just being open to how God is want to use us. And we need a willingness to be used as well. Like, it's no point it's just going into our schools, our workplaces, or our homes, and just being ourselves, just c- keeping to ourselves. We need to be willing to be used. And God will use us. We see here that they were willing to be used in prison, on this road. They were willing to be used. They weren't just tucked away doing their own thing. They were willing to be used. And there's a heavenly power in our lives for a purpose of ushering in the kingdom of God. So we need to pray and obey. So we need to make sure we're praying. Praying all the time. Not just just praying about certain things, but just praying about anything. Just talking to God casually. Just being like, hey God. Instead of being like, dear Lord. (laughs) We need to just, just be so casual with God. It's like a relationship. It's not... We are obviously worshipping Heavenly Father, but also worshipping our friend, worshipping our dad. We're not just worshipping uh, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We, see, we need to see him in every single area that we, we know him as and every name that we call him by. <clears throat> I've got a verse, um, Galatians 5.25. So, since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. And that, that, the, um, that little section of Galatians is about the fruits of the Spirit. It's doing the right things, doing the wrong things. Um, not, not doing the wrong thing, sorry. Um, but since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. And we live by the Spirit. We were given the Holy Spirit at Pentecost when the apost- apostles were given it. When we become a Christian, we be- um, when we become a Christian, that is when we receive the Spirit. So as we have the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not just use it. Let's not. I mean, let's not just use and abuse it. But let's make sure that we're intentionally using it for the kingdom of God. And we see in the story that it is life or death. It's life or death for the jailer. The jailer's about to kill himself. He doesn't know Jesus. We know what's going to happen to him. For our friends and our family, the friends and the family inside of the jailer, but also our personal friends and family, they don't know Jesus. We know exactly what's going to happen. And for those who don't know God, and if there's anyone here today who doesn't have a relationship with God, then we would love to talk to you about that because it's the greatest adventure you could ever go on. And just living by the Spirit, walking in step with the Spirit, having a relationship with the Heavenly Father is just incredible. So I'm just going to leave you with a few challenges. So are we going to live naturally supernatural all the time? Not just in a church, not just if our, in our places, not just in, in our ministry, but in our places of ministry, and that's everywhere. Our place of ministry is just on that street outside. Our place of ministry is McDonald's if we go for a meal. Our place of ministry is our homes, our workplaces. It's everywhere. There isn't just a place of ministry where we're like, we're in ministry now, we're off ministry now. Like Jesus, when he wanted to be alone, most of the time he was followed. <laughs> and sometimes he was able to pray on his own. But we look at the feeding of the 5,000. He wanted to be on his, no, he, sorry, he was on his own. And people just followed him. He was on ministry all the time. He was always going. It's, it's, yes, it's important for us to have our alone time and, 
and we charge our batteries with God. But it's also important for us to live naturally, supernatural, expecting God to move. Not thinking, it's Tuesday, it doesn't work on a Tuesday. But let's think every day that God is going to use us and how he's going to use us. And let's look for those opportunities, how he's going to use us as well. Because he's going to use us in everything. It's not just certain things that he's going to use us in. Second challenge is, are we going to live in the spirit? So we already talked about that we have the spirit. So are we going to live in it? Are we going to use it? And are we going to actually trust in God and rely on God for everything? Because it's so easy to be like, I'm struggling with that. God, you can have that. But I'm really good at this. So let's say maths, for example. You might be really good at maths. You're like, oh, well, God, I'll, I'll keep maths. But you keep English. I'm not very good at English. So it's like that. But we need to give trust in God. Trust and rely on God in literally everything. Not just certain things in our lives. Not just the things that we're happy with. The happier to give God. Things that we're not that keen on. That we're like, oh God, you take that. Well, let's be living in the spirit. Let's live naturally supernatural all the time. Let's trust and rely on God in everything as well. So I'm just going to end in a prayer. And then I think Elijah's going to come up and wrap up the series. So Lord, I just thank you. Just for this opportunity, Lord. I just pray that. Just as Paul and Silas, Lord, Lord, just as maybe they just want to switch off, Lord, that they didn't, Lord, they never switched off. And even in prison, maybe when a time of, of relaxing, um, of just, just listening to you, Lord, they didn't. They were, they were singing, they were praising you, Lord. And from that, other prisoners heard and through that, jailers and jailers' families. And, and who knows what happened from that, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that we won't switch off. Lord, that we will live naturally supernatural. Lord, that we will live in the spirit. Lord, that we will trust and rely on you for everything, Lord. Lord, I just pray um, that we can do that, Lord. As a church, Lord, we will live naturally supernatural, that we can be an example, Lord, in Thornaby, Lord, in Teesside, Lord, in the world, Lord, and let us be naturally supernatural. Let When people talk about Teesside Vineyard, be a church that expects God to move. Lord, I pray um, that you will do that, Lord, and I pray that each and every individual life as well, Lord, that we can live naturally supernatural, Lord. Lord, that 24-7, 365, Lord, we can be living naturally supernatural, Lord. Lord, that we will never be switching off, Lord, but that we will always be expectant of you to move and work in our lives and the lives of those around us. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing within this church and all that you're doing in everyone's lives. We love you and it's your name we pray. Amen.